In the world of oral health, access to dental care remains a persistent and growing problem in some areas of New York. One way to potentially improve access to services is expanding who can provide what dental services, an idea that's been embraced in states around the country. For more on the pros and cons of expanding the scope of practice in oral health, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Gene Moore, Director of the Center for Health Workforce Studies. Welcome to the show, Gene. Thank you. So when it comes to access and accessing dental services specifically in New York, how big of a factor is the lack of personnel to actually provide those services? So we've had chronic problems trying to um, increase access to oral health services. And and quite honestly, post-pandemic, things actually worsened. So I think maybe prior to the pandemic, there were shortages of dentists. Post-pandemic, there are shortages of dentists, hygienists, dental assistants, so that it's become even more challenging to try to improve access to um, oral health services for underserved communities. So as I mentioned at the top, states around the country have created uh, different pathways and different career opportunities in the dental space, including this idea of a dental therapist. Can you talk about how that position has sort of emerged in states around the country and the different duties that uh, that type of job might take on? Sure. So just for a little background, um, the concept of dental therapists has actually been around for a really, really long time in, in other parts of the world. New Zealand has a model that they've been doing, using for over 100 years. And I think that, and, and the interesting way that dental therapy got its start in the U.S. was the tribal council of Alaska was very, very troubled by the access issues that their tribal members encountered and wanted to try to do something different. And they looked at this model and decided to adopt it. And it was no small feat. I think um, they encountered a lot of resistance, specifically from organized dentistry, who felt that, you know, concerns about quality were um, troubling to them. So they were able to proceed with developing um, a dental therapy model, and they literally had to send the first cohort of trainees to New Zealand to get trained as dental therapists. And when they returned and began practicing, they discovered that they really made a difference. They made a difference in terms of access to care. And, you know, let me tell you that I, I think that we, we don't put enough emphasis on prevention, that we, we don't focus enough on how do we keep people from winding up say, feet first in an emergency room in acute dental crises, what could we be doing to prevent 
that sort of thing from happening. And so dental therapists actually are trained both in preventive services and basic restorative services. So that's a, an important approach to getting people to pay more attention to what they need to do to keep their teeth healthy and intervening at a point before it gets really out of control. You know, and I also want to point out that that another strategy that's in use in the U.S. and in a lot of different states is allowing dental hygienists to practice to the full extent of their training and education. Many states have restrictions in what they will allow dental hygienists to do. And again, if we're talking prevention, it means that there is less access to the preventive care that people need. When we think about dental therapy and its potential role in New York State, should we think of the people who might fill that role as being dental hygienists who want to expand their career options? Or is this for people who maybe are interested in becoming dentists because maybe that career path is too long and expensive in terms of the education? Who should we envision filling this type of job? In the model used in Alaska, they recruited people from their communities. So they were looking to pull people in who kind of understood uh, the issues that the population they were expected to serve would be facing. In terms of the who for this, um, for New York, say, some of it will depend on what's in the law. If the law says in order to be licensed as a dental therapist, you also have to have a dental hygiene license, well, I mean, that essentially sets the bar at a certain place. Minnesota, which is the state that's probably the furthest along in use of dental therapists, had initially the option of both sort of a dental hygienist therapist and then also just a dental therapist. One of the things in the law, though, which I think is interesting and important to consider, is that when Minnesota wrote the law about recognizing dental therapy, they required that half their caseload be drawn from underserved populations. So it's an interesting concept because essentially what it's saying is, you know, we're authorizing this new profession and we want them to target um, underserved populations. So I think a real important question besides who should do it is where should they do it? And in Minnesota, at least initially, you found them in a lot of safety net settings, federally qualified health centers. Uh, clinics, et cetera. But on balance, they were looking to provide care to the underserved and where the need was greatest. It's not just who, but but where. And the fact that, you know, what we do know about um, New York is that the federally qualified health centers have an awful hard time recruiting um, oral health staff to their clinics. And um, so having something like this 
in place could really facilitate better access to care for underserved populations that are being provided, uh, services being provided by uh, safety net providers. Well, yeah, if New York was to create this licensure, create some sort of authorization for this position that we've described that can have both some of the functions of a hygienist as well as the functions of a dentist, is there any expectation that people would gravitate towards that role that weren't already destined for the dental space? And also, is it possible that mandating, say, a certain set of your patients come from you know, low-income communities, for example, might serve as another disincentive for people to enter a space when we really need them to enter that workforce? Those are very good and, and thoughtful questions. I, I will tell you that I think that, at least in Minnesota early on, dental therapists weren't working in private dental practices. They were working in community-based settings, providing oral health services. And there was a lot of interest, at least in um, Minnesota, from people who wanted to do that. I, I I was involved in a scoping review of dental therapy research. And one area I was looking at was sort of acceptance of dental therapists. And I was reading a, uh, survey that was conducted in Oregon, Washington State, one of those states, was actually surveying hygienists who um, they said, hey, what would you think about becoming a dental therapist? And the response was pretty positive. And and I think they also kind of talked about it as a, um, a strategy for better access to care in the safety net. And, you know, the hygienists who responded were very excited about it. And they said, well, if you're going to do something like that, make sure it's accessible to people who have to work and maybe could only go to school part time. But um, it's something that, you know, many of them embraced and thought it was a great idea. So I think that um, it's again, it's it's possible that people wouldn't lose interest and um, because of perhaps restrictions, practice restrictions. Um, and, And by the way, as an aside, in Minnesota, I think that some private practice dentists kind of did the math on what it would mean to have a dental therapist in their practice and began actively recruiting them. So I think that It really can create opportunities in a variety of of settings for people to have better access to care. Well, finally, and you just touched on this issue with the idea that uh, a dentist would bring a dental therapist into, say, their practice. With dental therapists needing the supervision of a dentist to provide uh, certain services, maybe like a replacement of a crown or performing some sort of extraction, would that mean that dental therapists, based on the current landscape, might not ever operate in, say, rural parts of New York, which are already seeing dentists close up shops? And this would really only serve as a benefit to areas that already have operating dentists. That That's a great question. So I will tell you how Alaska dealt with it. They would have remote supervision for dental therapists who were practicing in 
remote communities. So they had the supervision they need. And, you know, I will tell you that, you know, the, the way the laws that we've seen develop Dental therapists are not independent practitioners. They're not going to hang out their own shingle. They are part of the dental team and perform their duties under the supervision of a dentist. So um, again, I think that um, the model makes a lot of sense and you could successfully place a dental therapist in a remote location and provide supervision as part of that and provide it remotely. I mean, obviously you're not gonna put somebody who's new to the profession in, in a situation like that. But but again, the possibility exists that there are ways to um, deliver care in remote areas using dental therapy. Well, we've been speaking with Jean Moore. She's the director of the Center for Health Workforce Studies. Jean, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.